Welcome to Radio Rehab, a podcast about recovery by a recovering person. Today's guest is John Collins. You might be saying, hey, why'd you say his last name? Well, because he asked me to. He chooses to use his last name and not be anonymous in order to help others and to be found. Let's get to know new friend of the show, John Collins. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. I'd like to welcome John to Radio Rehab. Um, This is obviously your first time on the show, and we met through Facebook, and this is proof that people who um, have gotten sober and want to come on Radio Rehab and tell their stories can email us and do so, because here you are. That's right. I did. It's really funny, because I saw you outside. You just told me that you're 54, and I saw you outside. I thought you were, like, maybe, like, 38 or something, and it's and you and you're, you answered. I've had to I've had to break up my ID and, to, and prove to people how old I am. Like, why would you lie up? I know. You know? I mean, it's like, nobody lies up. Yeah. So, but yes, I am 54 years old. Uh, only for a couple more months, I'll be 55. Oh, wow. Double nickel, yes. And that's because of sobriety that you look like that. I believe uh, 80% of it in genetics is right. my parents looked young for their age, like they're in their 70s. My mom passed away about two and a half years ago but she at 73, but she probably looked like she was in her 50s. My mom is like that too. And they, but she wasn't, yeah, but she never... She wasn't an alcoholic or a heroin addict. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm like, my mom looks so good for her age, and people are like, "You've got the genes," and I'm like, "I'm pretty sure I ruined them." <laughs> yeah. Well, like I like said before, we went on air. Um, when I was still partying at 27, 28, 29 years old, I looked. 10 years older. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. I mean, so, but I don't, I certainly don't do anything. I don't rub anything on my face or any. There's no secret. There's no secret. I can't give you any young age lotion, potion, but, um, yeah, I don't even eat that well. I'm starting to drink. Like I had a green juice this morning. Uh huh. And you're drinking water. So that's, I drink, I drink water and Gatorade and that's it. Wow. I drink a lot of water. I mean, what else can you drink? I know. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. I drink well, a lot of water, Well, it's hard to go too. to a bar, like if you're stuck in a bar or at a concert. So, yeah, there, I mean, there was one time I was at a concert. I was at a Black Crows concert at the Fillmore in San Francisco. This was about 10, 2005, I think. And it was a Saturday night, I remember, because these guys pointed out that it was Saturday night. And so uh, at that time, I was probably 45. And they, these kids were probably 21, 22. And I was standing, just randomly standing next to them, holding a bottle of water, watching a concert like I do at every concert I go yeah. to. And I go to like 100 concerts a year. So these two kids were hammered and laughing at me for drinking. They're going, oh, my God, dude, you're drinking water on a Saturday night? What is wrong with you? And they're just like ripping me up and down. like, And, I, and I'm just standing there. It doesn't fucking bother me. You know what, you know, what anybody says about yeah. my drinking. You know, what anybody, you know, say whatever you want. I'm just going to stand there and just go, you know, whatever. Right. You know, so that's what I was doing. I was just letting them have their fun. And I'm just like, yeah. And that's it. So I don't know how we got on that. Oh, that's all. So, yeah. So that's all I drink. No matter yeah. where you see me, I will be drinking water. Absolutely. I know. People are always like, you don't party? And I'm like, I never partied. I was drinking booze in a closet. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. no. Yeah. What party are you talking about? Well, at the beginning, I think the first <laughs> well, yeah. couple of years. I think, yeah, right. that's how it starts. I mean, my story is 
probably similar to a lot of stories where you you're in high school and you, you start drinking on the weekends or whatever, and then it just snowballs into. Um, yeah. Did your did you did it start in high school when you started drinking? Yeah, so my story is uh, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, PA, and uh, went to a very, very small private Catholic school for eight years. And uh, about halfway through my eighth grade year, my dad, my mom and dad came to us, my brother and I, I have one brother, and came to us and said, we're moving to California after you guys, after the school year's over, dad got a job in California. So we're moving to California. So we had about six months' notice, and we moved all the way across the country, of course. And um, so for the first two years, so I went from a, a very private Catholic school to a public school from like 100 kids to 2,000 kids. Wow. And they were also two years behind on the curriculum. So they would give me a math book or an English book or a history book, and I said, I had this book two years ago. Uh-huh. So I got very, and I had no friends, and so I got very bored in school, and so, and they really didn't take a role. Like, with my Catholic school, like, if you missed a day, like, they called your parents. Right. Like, and it's like, where's John? Like, he's been kidnapped or whatever, you know? Right. But in the public school, you know, they, there was kids doing lines in the back, and, you know, they don't take a role every class, and so, so I started cutting class and not really paying attention, and um yeah so this one day uh, it was after school when i was in a mcdonald's by our high school and the, st- the i was 16 because i had my, uh, my car and the star of the football team was in the mcdonald's sitting by himself and i was sitting by myself and i obviously knew who he was but he had no idea who i was um and so after he's getting ready to leave he's like Hey, but he knew I had a car, so he's like, "Hey, can you give me a ride home?" And I'm like this, like naive, like little shy kid, and it's the star of the football team. And uh-huh. I'm like, "Of course, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah whatever. <laughs> you want to go to Mexico? Yeah, yeah. let's go." <laughs> um, so I felt pretty cool. So he gets in my car and we're and we start to drive, and then he's like, "Oh, oh, wait, stop! Pull over here at this bus stop." And there's like six kids at the bus stop. His posse his friends so they all get in my car and those six guys are still my friends to this day uh they're all scattered across america and the world now very few of them live in the bay area but um yeah so i picked up those six kids we went to the football player's house his parents weren't home um he threw me a, a mickey's big mouth beer i drank it in like 20 seconds Weren't the big mouths meant so you could pound yeah, them? Yeah, like, I pounded I've it. I've heard people say like- I think it was like old too, so it was flat, so it didn't have a lot of carbonation. Yeah, so it's just like gulp. So I was I gulped it down, and I knew, I, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I knew from that moment that alcohol was going to be like a huge part of my life. I just, just, it was just like the taste, the feel, the buzz, the- and then our high school was having a hootenanny, mm-hmm. which I wasn't going to go to because I had no friends. Right. I was going to go leave that McDonald's and go play video games or go home or do whatever. Um, but all these kids were going back. They were just going home to like 
prelim, you know, what we used to call it, you know, preliminary partying before the real party. Oh, right, right, right. So we would call it prelim. So we would, you know, you'd have a couple of beers before you go to the big party, you know. So they were preliming before the hootenanny. And we started walking up to the hootenanny and a narc from our school. Like an actual, like a kid who who was a tattletale? Or like no, no, you no, guys no, had we, actual no, we narcs? Had, we had two guys, two men. No, these guys were like in their 40s. Oh, they, they wow. Were, they were for drugs. Yeah, they were, okay. they were narcs for drugs. Um, we just happened to pass them walking through the parking lot and they smelled beer or something. And they're like, you guys got to turn on and go. You, you can't get out of here i mean they didn't bust us they just said get out of here right so so then yeah so then that's that's what started and i, and I was like i said i was a very shy i'm still very shy um kid but but having two beers in me or six beers in me mm-hmm. and then girls and music and everything all just kind of came together at 16 17 years old and i was driving you know drunk every day yeah basically um to santa cruz and um around sunnyvale california where we where i went to high school and um yeah so it just kind of snowballed and then what happened was after after we all ended high school see all those kids grew up here in sunnyvale Mm -hmm. they went to kindergarten all the way and they've been friends since they were five years old right you know, and so I was the new guy. So I was the new guy. So, but when their high school ended, the first thing they wanted to do was get out of town because they've lived, you know, it's this, it's their hometown and they just, they, but I just moved here. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to go to college somewhere else. I don't want to move again. Right. So I went to college. I stayed here to go to college, but everybody left. So then I was alone again, pretty much. Which I don't mind. I'm, I'm always, I've been a loner. I don't mind being, it's not that I mind being alone. You know, I can go to, I, and I went to a million dive bars and drank by myself on a Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. which, and was totally happy and, and still miss that I can't do that today. Yeah. Um, so, so then it just kind of snowballed and then, um, you know, it turns into Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you try to quit, and you try to go, well, I'm just going to drink on the weekends, and you can't quit, so you get more depressed about that, and it's just this whole cycle of addiction and depression. and Right, fear. yeah, like you're drinking to make yourself feel better for the fact that you feel bad because you drink. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, so endless. Because you try to quit, or you try to limit yourself and you can't, so you feel like a loser. You're like, well, how come I'm not like other people? How come some guys can go out or some girls can go out and have two beers and go home? And I can't. I never, I drank for 12 years and did drugs for 12 years. I never in those 12 years, I don't know how many day, days are in 12 years, what's 365 times 12? I don't do math. I don't so, <laughs> We've already um, been over that. <laughs> but I never, I never, I mean, that's, I, I think that's the definition of an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. The first sip of your day, you're drinking that, that whole day. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you know, an alcoholic doesn't, doesn't, there's another trick I, I or I don't know if it's a trick, but a, a telltale sign of if you're an alcoholic or not is if you can leave like a, a finger or two in a glass of alcohol at a restaurant or at a bar. Well, that's if why you, I hate you, going you, out with normal if people. If you don't finish that drink, 
you're not an alcoholic. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I'm an alcoholic. And if you've gone around finishing other people's yeah. that you don't even know, yeah. you're an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are signs. Like, I mean, people come to me and ask me if I'm an alcoholic, like girlfriends I've had or whatever. And I go, no, you're not. I can just, I, just, <laughs> I, know. I just know you're not. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have a girlfriend that was an alcoholic. Right, right. Because I don't want to be a babysitter. Yeah. Um, but I will help anybody that is an alcoholic. Um, um, but I've never actually had a girlfriend that was 100% sober either. Really? Which is weird. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I never really look for it. I don't really look, Yeah. It is interesting. It is, but I mean, you know, it's not really, it's not like the program in sobriety is a dating ground anyway, you know? Like, well, plus it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really even start dating until like five or seven years I was sober. Mm -hmm. Like if I was only sober for a year, like I wouldn't recommend dating somebody that drinks. Oh God. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're 10 years, I mean, but I knew... So uh, to, let's go back to, um, I'll get back to the, my dating and women in a minute. But um, so then it's just my, my drinking just snowballed and my depression snowballed. And I was doing a lot of cocaine. This was the 80s and early 90s. Were you doing it so you could drink more? Yeah, that's the only reason yeah. I, did, I hated cocaine. Me too. The only reason I did it was to stay awake Me too. And, 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 and drink more. <laughs> But the problem with cocaine and alcohol is they both are processed through your liver. And so cocaine is as bad for your, your liver as alcohol is. And um, a lot of people don't know that, but it's, uh, but that's, I didn't even know that. I was very naive to all this stuff. Um, I thought I was 25, 26 years old and I could drink and do as much drug as I want and you're not gonna die. Cause yeah, you're, you're I mean, not even playing. Like, I mean, I'm like, whatever. It's like, I went to rehab, that same football player one day came over to my house on a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon at like two o'clock and I was passed out on the floor with the bottle of vodka next to me. He picks me up, throws me in his car, drives me to El Camino Hospital in Mountain View to a rehab and says, my friend needs help. And I was in rehab at 23 or four years old and I stayed for like four days and I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, I'm 23 years old, why do I need to get sober? I mean, mm -hmm. this is like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who gets sober at 23? I mean, why? Right. You know, I wasn't sick. I wasn't like physically, you know, I had no, my liver was fine and I wasn't physically, alcohol hadn't taken its toll on my body yet. Right. So, but I, but everybody knew I was an alcoholic, including myself, but I was just like, I'll take care of it. Like in my late twenties or something, I'll get sober. I'll, you know, become an adult, get married, have kids, you know, the white mm -hmm. picket fence and right, all yeah. that stuff, you know, but I'm 23. I mean, I'm, I'm get me out of here. Yeah. So I left that rehab and then, um, two years by, yeah, about two years or a year and a half later, I actually volunteered to go back to the same rehab because I had tried to quit on my own or cut down on my own, you know, or to learn how to drink. and mm -hmm. all You're right. Learn how to drink like well, a normal person. Yeah, just to be a normal person. And I, and I realized I couldn't. And, I mean, I would walk into liquor stores and open the door of the, of the ice where they have the beer and stuff and close and go, oh, no, not, not today. And then go back an hour later and buy the alcohol. Yeah. So I, so you try, you know, this whole one day at a time thing is kind of bullshit. It's like one second at a time. 
uh-huh. for an alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, one a day can feel a day like, is long. It's like three months. A day yeah, can feel like three months. I mean, I'm Especially serious. when you're trying to quit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so even today, being sober 25 years, I mean, it's still one second at a time. Yeah. And I still sniff, like if I'm at a, if I'm at a, uh, not in my apartment, <laughs> basically, or in my car, I sniff, like if I pick this up, I, w- I sniff it before I drink it. And wow. I've been sober 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I just can't take chances. My dad passed away, but he was sober for many, many years. He got sober in 1986. He was the same way. He just had this habitual sniff thing. Yeah. He did. Even at home, though. Because it takes. <laughs> as like... soon as I take one sip, right. I go back to day one. Yep. And I have like 9,000 days. Yeah. I'm not going back to day one. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to go back to day one. So... Um, um, so anyways, I checked back into rehab at about at 25 or 26 years old and I actually stayed for 30 days and I loved it. I was the head of the rehab, the, the, um, I forget what they call Have you ever been to a rehab? Uh, 14 or 15. What, yeah. are they, what do they call the chair? <laughs> what do they call the lead? Like the, who runs the meetings and. Secretary, yeah, something, whatever yeah. name, whatever. It's uh, different at every rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, senior, but I loved it. I was running, so I was like running meetings, and I was like, I not, and I was sober for the first time in like five years, and I was clear-headed, and everything tasted better and smelled better. And, yeah, and and I didn't feel bad when I woke up in the morning, and and I loved it, and I thought, but it's so easy to be sober in rehab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, your whole world is based on that, and you don't have to do well, anything yeah. but that. Yeah, it's like it's, it's not your even, one job. It's not even work. I mean, yeah. because you're in this little bubble, this cocoon, and you know. So, this was November, and New Year's Eve came around, and I was sober like 42 days or something. And I'm like, well, I've been sober 42 days. I deserve a drink. I yep. mean, for that, I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, God, I mean, it's, and it's New Year's Eve. Right. So, so, so I did. I had one drink that night at, at midnight. I had one drink. But, of course, that led to the next week I had another drink and then two drinks and then mm-hmm. three and six months. And then in six months, I'm back to doing an eight ball and drinking Jose Cuervo Gold and waking up and drinking because I have the shakes and all that stuff. Yep. So... So then my depression and then I realized that I was in serious trouble. That's when that's when I realized and I got really depressed and just kind of just kind of gave up and said I I don't think I can I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can get sober. And I'm only 26 and they want me to be sober until I'm 80 or 90. Mm-hmm. I just don't I just I just don't think I can do it. So I just got more and more depressed. And the only thing that makes you happy is the bottle mm-hmm. and drugs. And so I just kept drinking until my liver gave out. And I was um, probably for about the last, I would say, three or four months, I was throwing up blood like buckets, like half a garbage can full of blood a day. And you were were you living alone during all this? Like, were I was, you, was, did I anyone was, know? Uh, my mom and dad were what they call enabling me. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, that's the term that. Uh, and my mom knew she was enabling me, and everybody told her, 
he needs to be kicked out to the curb mm-hmm. and, and be homeless and he'll get sober that way. And my mom's like, if he's dying, he's dying under my roof. Yeah. Because she grew up in a very, she grew up above a bar, first of all, a dive bar in Pittsburgh. And her father died of alcoholism in his 50s. Her husband, she almost divorced her husband because of drinking. Because my dad's uh, Irish and so uh, that whole side of the family is alcoholics, basically. Mm -hmm. So so my mom has been around alcohol since she, and her mom died when she was 13. And her dad dad was dead then too. So at 13, she had no parents. And so, and a lot of it was because of alcohol. And so she was my, she said, if John's going, I'm going to be his nurse and I'm going to, He'll get sober. I'm going to get him sober. I don't know how, but one day a light bulb is going to go off. She just thought that light bulb was good. She would always tell people, like, he's just in his late 20s, something will happen. He's just partying. He's young. He's going through a phase. Just let him, you know. But she was definitely, definitely enabling me and giving me money. But she didn't think she was giving me money for alcohol. Like I would lie and say it was for something else. Of course, yeah. yeah. We never say so, for booze. Um, so no. So I was living with with them, and um, it was my dad's birthday, March twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four, and um, I wanted to be sober for my dad's birthday, so I didn't drink that day, which is a very bad idea. Oh yeah. So Amy Winehouse died. Thanks to John Collins for being on the show. Stay tuned tomorrow to see what happens when an active alcoholic abruptly quits drinking. If you would like to contact us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.